0: it's an eagle
1: it's a jet it's it's, it's the a god goddamn damn jet what's up buddy
0: nothing much just got back from work Ate. showered
1: how are you doing pretty good just heading home from class so we're uh starting week 10 this week i believe
0: week t- yeah
1: we are starting week 10 this week. Week nine was pretty good. We had uh, Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey both show why they should be league MVP. yeah that's
0: they did look very good this past week, and Lamar Jackson entered himself right back in the race.
1: Yeah, I think both of us wrote, wrote them off for that game, so that was a big win they proved, They proved a lot of things that I've been saying about them wrong.: You
0: yeah, know, I think they're a better team.
1: Than I thought they were, but I still wouldn't put them as favorites in that AFC. No, definitely not playing Belichick a second time. He'll figure something out.
0: Especially, but def- definitely
1: a strong showing.
0: Teams who have played the Ravens multiple times
1: have played them very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Chargers last year was a perfect example. Or the brown. but like you but like you've been saying, Lamar Jackson's improved as a passer. He has. He's definitely- and also, he ga- he made me a fan. During that game, not because of the play, he played fantastic. We all know it. We all watched it. But on the goal line, when the Patriots are trying to make a goal line stand, he went around picking up not only offensive linemen but defensive linemen off the floor. That's a guy I can get behind. Yeah. He's a leader.
0: I think I think the Ravens are good are the Ravens a bigger threat to the Patriots than the Chiefs.
1: Yes. Because I don't like the Chiefs' defense.
0: Are they a bigger threat than the Texans?
1: For sure. I think last time we said the Texans are on the bubble to even make the playoffs, right?
0: Yeah, that's where I think I had them at.
1: Yeah, I I think Baltimore is definitely the biggest threat right now. It could change depending on maybe Patrick Mahomes lifts the Chiefs up when he comes back. But right now, I think Baltimore is a clear, the clear threat to the Patriots repeating. So a lot of teams skipped on uh, Lamar Jackson in the draft with him going in the... I think he was the 31st pick to the Baltimore Ravens, which t- kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about today. The bottom, ha- the bottom half of the league has to be thinking about the draft, Kurt. Uh, who do you think?
0: Well, who do I think is going to be number one or who?
1: Cause well, you want to go over the order first. So We'll say the order of teams. I think it's pretty much the worst eight teams in order is what you gave me, right? Yes, yeah,
0: it's the most recent draft back. Back.
1: So it's the Cincinnati Bengals who are still winless. The Skins who have only beat the Dolphins so far. You have the Dolphins ahead of the Jets, which is probably what's going to happen. But right now the Jets would actually be number three. Then the Falcons, Giants, Browns, and Bucks, And that's your top eight going into uh, week 10 right now.
0: Yeah, I just took the polls offline somewhere. I don't Remember where I think it was like CBS Sports. Um, I still think the Dolphins will win the tank for Tua.
1: And the- see, that's that's interesting because before we get into this, I'm not 100% sure Tua is coming out this year. If you watch some of his press conferences recently, he hasn't said anything, but he kind of hints that he might be going back for his senior year at Alabama, which is risky because you might get injured. Especially but it also has – it, it has helped – you're right. But it's also helped guys like Andrew Luck Uh, back in the day, Peyton Manning. They went back for their senior year, and they came out a mature quarterback. So maybe that's the thinking there. Plus, you could add on another national championship to your belt. But I don't – for my list, I'm not having – I'm not inclu- including Tua because of his uncertainty.
0: I I included Tua. Tua is on you one. think?
1: Do you think it would change – like, would the Dolphins go out and actively try to win instead of actively try to lose if Tua wasn't at the top of this draft class? Uh, Because you still have have three or four other quarterbacks that are potential top ten picks.
0: I think the Dolphins still tank. The problem with the Dolphins is I think that their team and, like, their players want to win, and they're trying their hardest to win. And the coaches are just – like, they just make – they make calls so they can lose the game did you see when they played yeah and the and the only
1: team and the only team that the that it doesn't work against is the jets who can't actively try to win a game against a team who's doing all that they can to lose yeah. The uh Fitzpatrick even tried to fumble into the end zone and the jets messed that up to end the first half
0: what's it called against the steelers they were up 17-3. Third and 25, they, they ran engage eight from Madden. They dropped three corners 20 yards back and brought eight people. And Mason Rudolph can't even throw the ball 20 yards. He dumped the ball down. He ran for a 35-yard touchdown.
1: Has that play ever actually worked in Madden? Because every time I tried to run that play, they would just throw a little screen and they would get big yards.
0: I think it works on the goal line sometimes, maybe, but I don't really know. I don't think I've ever really had it work.
1: Yeah, like every time I've tried, I tried to use it, it, it would get blown up. Yeah. But we're not here to talk uh, esports. We're talking actual football. So who do you think the Bengals are going to go with, number one, Kurt? If they do lose the tank-a-thon Week 16, buy your tickets. Tank for Tua or whoever else is on top of this draft.
0: It's it's in the name, Dave. Tank for Tua. Tua. I'm just
1: saying you might you might have to wait till 2021 for that to come to
0: fruition. I understand what you're saying, but I just don't I don't believe it. If if I had the number one pick and Tua on the draft board, I'm taking Tua number one overall. He's okay. He's shown to be the most accurate. And throws the best ball in college football. He's a little short. He has good mobility, not great mobility, good mobility. He what he needs is a better pocket presence. He needs to be able to move around better in the pocket. But to be fair, he wasn't really able to establish that in college because Alabama gives him such a good pocket.
1: That's true. His footworks some of the best in the game too. Yeah. And also the short quarterback thing, like Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, uh, I guess Baker Mayfield to an extent. They've kind of put that uh, that prerequisite of being like a six five quarterback to the wayside. They've proven that you could be a good quarterback even if you you might have to be on your tippy toes to see over your offensive line.
0: And I I'm like he, I said, Tua isn't as short as they are. Tua, I think he's still like six one. No.
1: Yeah, he's over he's definitely over six foot but I'm just saying they broke the mold of being, saying that a short a average height quarterback can't play in the NFL because obviously Russell Wilson's the MVP right now. Drew Brees is a Super Bowl champion. They've all proven that they could do it but, but I'm still but I, I'm assuming that go ahead
0: I still believe that being a taller quarterback does help more in the NFL could you imagine well it, it did
1: but now but now with the offense is changing it to more mobile quarterbacks i think we're seeing a little paradigm shift because the bigger the 66 six guys they're usually the guys like Philip Rivers who uh looks like he's going to have trouble tonight against this pass rush but um the guys like Philip Rivers who pretty much stay between the guards those are your 66 six guys a lot of people like the Giants with Daniel Jones are looking for the guy that'll get out of the pocket where height doesn't really matter. You just want the, the fleet feet.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Dave. Who's your number one overall pick?
1: I'm going with Justin Herbert from Oregon for the Bengals because I'm leaving Tua out of this. I am pretty um, I don't think he's going to come out. I have that feeling. Uh, Justin Herbert would have been the first overall pick if he came out last year. By all the reports, before he went back to Oregon, a lot of times it hurts quarterbacks like Matt Matt Barkley when he went back to college. He played terrible his senior year, but Herbert's played just as good as any of his other uh, two or three seasons. I don't know what it is. Marcus Mariota, not really the best person to follow from Oregon, but. But I think that I think a lot of teams think that he could play, and he's a, m- a little bit more of a passer than Mariota was. He was very impressive a couple games ago. I forgot who I was watching him play, but he was extremely impressive. I think this is your guy at the top of the draft for the Bengals. Who, unless Ryan Finley shows you something, is going to be looking for uh, are going to be looking for their next franchise QB. Most
0: likely, if Ryan Finley shows them something, they won't be picking number one overall. Good point. Um I actually really like to pick Dave. I think Justin Herbert is a very good quarterback. His arm strength and accuracy is great. He needs to do he needs to get through his reads a little bit faster, but you that takes time and you learn that in the NFL. You speed everything up in the NFL. One thing I'll say that that people do have a um, issue with him for is his footwork is not the best. But I don't see why if you have good coaching, I don't see why that could not be correct.
1: And Zach Taylor's supposed to be a offensive quarterback guy, so he would be the guy to pair him up with if you if you want him to work on those things. But the footwork's gonna be extremely important. We could see with Sam Darnold Darnold's footwork is probably the worst in the NFL. He throws off his back foot all the time, so that's something. Those are habits that he has to break between now and the combine to really push that he should be that number one overall pick. So the bank. So we both had quarterbacks go number one. The Redskins drafted their supposed franchise quarterback last off season, but they did go go through a change in GM and coach. So who knows if that's their guy? Do they go two quarterbacks in the in a row at the top of the draft?
0: I do not think so I don't think so because I don't think there is a good enough quarterback to say that they're that much better than Haskins at the top of this draft I don't believe that they pick a quarterback especially when they can get the most dominant player in college football with the second pick
1: and that is, drumroll please,
0: Chase Young, the animal. He has dominated this entire season against Wisconsin's offensive line, who's going to send three people, three offensive linemen to the NFL at some point on that starting five. This guy has been a monster. The Bosa brothers came right out of college, and they were great. This guy makes the Bosa brothers look like they were average. He is insane. He is the most dominant. He is more dominant than Jadavion Clowney was in college. He could go for Heisman as a defensive end in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, the first time a defensive player has won since Charles Woodson, right? If he wins it. Yeah,
0: which I don't think will happen because I think Joe Burrow or Tua is going to win. Whoever wins that battle in Alabama.
1: Or Jalen Hurts.
0: I'm th- I think he's out of it because they're not going to win because they're not going to make the playoffs.
1: That's true. That, they can put If the numbers are close, they usually go by record. So that's a shame for him. But I agree with everything you said about Chase Young. He's dominant. Um, Ohio State is really – every, every year it seems like even before the Bosa brothers, they, they have a dominant pass rusher come out. So it's fair to say they're coming from – he's coming from a good system. I just don't think that's where the Redskins are going to go with this pick. I think they're going to replace Trent Williams on their offensive line with the best offensive line prospects. People are saying since guys like Quinn and Nelson, who was only a couple of years ago, and Eric Fisher, who went number one overall a couple of years ago, and that's Andrew Thomas. He's an offensive tackle from Georgia. Uh, they say he has very good footwork. He could block. He could run block and pass block. So I think this is where they go. They need to put pieces around to protect their quarterbacks. Whoever it is, if it's Alex Smith, when he comes back, he's not going to be too mobile. You have to have protection there. I think they go offensive lineman with the second overall pick.
0: I like the pick. My only thing is I feel like the Redskins, their path to winning is a dominant defense, and they play in a division where they have to play Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. And if Daniel Jones pans out, that's three good quarterbacks that they're going to need a pass rush against. And I think Chase Young is too much of a hit to pass up on.
1: Yeah, but in the same way we've seen te- we've seen pass rushers slip in the last couple of years. Like Josh Allen slipped to I think seven last year, and he was looked at by a lot of people as the most well-rounded NFL ready player in the draft same thing with like ed oliver so there's a little bit of a trend of guys dropping and i kind of have that in my list i think you'll think i have him going too low when i reveal it but i think that the redskins will go offensive line you can't really go wrong fortifying the offense or the defensive line but they have to go they have to go that way on either side of the ball
0: do you think nick bosa going number two was a mistake last year
1: no, absolutely not. Who else would they want number two?
0: I think Chase. I think Chase Young is going to be better than Nick Bosa
1: his rookie year. Okay, that's high. That's high praise.
0: Would you rather have Nick Bosa on your team or Quentin Nelson?
1: Quentin Nelson. You could find you could find a pass, a uh, play wrecking pass rusher in the later round. You can't find a guy like Quentin Nelson after the first ten picks of the draft. That's why that's why offensive linemen are such a premium because you don't get them with those late picks. You don't even get them in, late in the first round. You get guys like Eric Flowers if you wait that late. Okay, Dave, who's
0: your third overall pick?
1: My third overall pick right now in mock drafts from what I saw, he's going around 15 or 16 to like the Titans in that area. But to me, this guy is the safest quarterback in the entire draft. A couple years ago, before the emergence of Tua and Herbert, he was he was the consensus pick to be the number one quarterback off the board in this draft, and that's Jake Fromm, the quarterback from Georgia. He's the safest QB in the draft. He gets the job done, not as flashy as the other guys. Probably why he doesn't get the hype, but he gets the job done. His completion percentage has gone up each of his three seasons, and he's won games. He hasn't he hasn't lost big games for Georgia I think that's who the Dolphins are going to bring into Miami
0: I don't know how obviously I think the Dolphins will be going for a quarterback I don't know if they're going to be willing to, to spend number three overall pick on Jake Fromm. would they trade down
1: I don't think so, because we saw with the Giants a lot. Well, according to conflicting reports, teams would have drafted Daniel Jones at like 12 or wherever the Redskins were picking. But he was in the second round on a lot of on a lot of people's boards. And the Giants took him at six instead of trading down, because when you see your guy on the board, you have to take him with all at all costs. You can't risk someone else moving ahead of you and taking that franchise quarterback. And I mean, maybe Joe Burrow will have more hype, and he'll get drafted over him or Tua if he comes out. But I still think Jake Fromm is the best quarterback in this draft, or will end up being the best quarterback in this draft. So I think that the Dolphins should take him at three.
0: I can respect that decision. I think he definitely has shown that he can be a—he is an NFL-worthy quarterback. Um, whether his upside is that high for a number three pick I don't know I, I can't really tell you anything he does great
1: well what do you expect from a number three pick as a quarterback because right now here are some of the guys that we can compare him to Blake Bortles Mitch Trubisky. those guys were taking number three and Jake Fromm is more NFL ready than either one of them. If you look at footwork, his accuracy, he checks the box, the boxes that these guys weren't checking when they were taking number three. So I think, and both those guys, they're backup quarterbacks now, but they've they both have playoff wins under their resume. So Jake Fromm could be will be just as good or better than them. So I think he will be worth a number three three overall pick. <laughs>
0: For my three, the Dolphins, I also have them taking a quarterback. I have them taking Justin Herbert from Oregon. We went over earlier why we thought he would be the number one overall pick in Dave's draft if Tua wasn't coming out. The guy is six foot five, can run fast, has a cannon for an arm, great accuracy, a little slow on his reads, and his footwork needs a good amount of help. But if you put him on a team that is willing to help him, the guy could be an all-star. I think he has the highest potential in the draft. I think he could be the best quarterback in the draft. He could be Carson Wentz good. Or he could he could be a bust. But I, I think his upside is higher than other players. While I feel like Jake Fromm, you know what you're going to get from him. And I think he's going to be a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's ever going to be great.
1: That's fair. I agree with everything that you said about Justin Herbert, which is why I have him num- going number one overall. I think if two, is, if two is in the draft, he'll probably end up going to the Dolphins or whoever has the lower pick of the Dolphins or the Bengals. Who do you have with the Jets at four?
0: You already put him on your board. Andrew Thomas, what do you need for a, a young quarterback who's struggling offensive line problems? You need a good, stout offensive lineman that can rally the troops.
1: I a hundred, a hundred percent.
0: I was listening to um, Mark Schlerer talk, and he says the key to any great offensive line team is you need three three Pro Bowl. You need three Great offensive linemen. You need one amazing one, and then that brings up the other two, and the other two can hide four and five flaws. And I think that's what the Jets could have. They have a young offensive line. You get one person who could be a stud in there, like Andrew Thomas, and bring that Quentin Nelson strategy to the offensive line. And they could start being a powerhouse, especially when it comes out. They could start going into an offensive firepower. They do have a lot of talent on that offense. I don't know if the coaching's that great, but I think the talent is there.
1: Yeah, the coaching on the offensive line is terrible. Most of the game, it looks like half the line is running zone blocking, and half of them are like push blocking or whatever you would call it. It's it's disgraceful. But I agree with you. I I think that they should go with an offensive. An offensive lineman. I can can see the case for drafting the wide receiver from Alabama, the case for drafting Chase Young if he's still on the board like he is on mine. Uh, I could even make a strong argument for why they should draft one of these quarterbacks and just dump Sam Darnold. But I'm not going to do it in this because Joe Douglas is an offensive lineman. He knows the importance. (laughs) That's why they brought him in here to fortify this offensive line. And they need it, because no matter who you put back there, if you don't have the guys up there to protect them, they're not going to do well. So I think they're going to draft Austin Jackson. He's another tackle from USC. Scouts say he has the quickest feed of any of the guys in the first round. That's important. Uh, He's a better run blocker right now than pass blocker. But you've played offensive line, Kurt. Would you say that pass blocking is easier to pick up than run blocking?
0: Um... I don't know for an offensive tackle. For an offensive guard, I think it is. I feel like if you are able to pat to um,
1: Hello? All right, we're back. So, What
0: I was you... trying to say is, I don't know if you heard me, I think it's easier for a good run-blocking tackle to become a good pass-blocking tackle than it is easier for a good pass-blocking tackle to become a good run-blocking tackle. What do you think about that? Uh,
1: I'm just trying to... Yeah, I guess I agree with you. I mean, you've played the position, so you know which one's harder. I actually way, have never think, played
0: think... offensive tackle. I only played guard and center. But I I think I think it's easier to become a good pass blocking tackle from being a good run blocking tackle.
1: Gotcha.
0: Especially. Either you know, way I think quick...
1: I think the quick the quick hands and quick feet are only a, are only a benefit if he can get up out of his stance and gets the outside to a, to an outside edge rusher. I think he could do a good job in the NFL. And maybe maybe by the time the draft maybe some maybe Joe Douglas sees him as a guard. Who knows? Nothing set in stone with these guys. You just need the talent. And that's why I think the Jets should take Austin Jackson. He's the top OT on my board since I have Andrew Thomas going to the skins. So now you have the Falcons at five, who are like the Jets. They have a ton of holes on their defense. Which one do they fill in the draft?
0: Jeff Okuda from Ohio
1: State, the corner. This is the first one we agree on, bro.
0: What they need is they need a corner. They need someone who you know is going to come out and be a great player. And I really think they could use a corner. The only position you could say the Dolphins are good at is they have an, they have decent edge rushers. They have Vic Beasley, and um, I forget who's on the other side, but they, Vic Beasley is still he's still a good edge rusher. He's not great, but he's good.
1: Yeah, just very injury prone, like the rest of their defense. I agree I think, with you, though. I think Jeff uh, Okuda is what you how you pronounce his name. He yeah. seems to be the best, the best defensive prospect on the board in the secondary. Obviously, second to Chase Young overall defense. So I think the Falcons will go there. Like you said, they already have pass rushers, which is on Chase Young, and their second like Keanu Neal's been a pretty, a pretty solid NFL player since they drafted him, but he's always hurt. So you got to get this guy, this stud cornerback who draws comparisons, he's smaller, a little bit smaller than Jalen Ramsey, but that's the comparison right now to NFL guys. I yeah. like him a lot.
0: Yeah, he is... Um, he's playing lights out in college. They're saying it's going to translate. That The Falcons play in division where they have to play Michael Thomas, they have to play Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Um, Panthers don't really have that threat yet, but... You know, if you spend four weeks a year playing top tier wide receivers, I think it can only help.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it it's invaluable to have the guy you can just say go up against that guy for go up against their number one for sixty plays or forty five plays a night and you have confidence that they'll that they'll at least contain them. And that's what this guy seems to be. That's what the Falcons need. So we agreed on pick number five. That's the first one so far. We're not going to agree on this one because the guy I have the Giants taking is Chase Young, who you have going number two overall. Uh, Pass rushers from Ohio State are great. The Giants passed up on Josh Allen last year. This year they don't need a quarterback. There's no reason to pass up on Chase Young. Their, Their secondary has some players in it, but they're covering for so long because they have no pass rush whatsoever. All their talent, like Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams on the defensive line, are all run stuffers. Chase Young would be a perfect complement to them on the outside, and he would give this secondary some well needed, some much needed relief, and they won't have to be covering for six, seven, eight seconds every single time the quarterback drops back.
0: Um. I understand why you would take Chase Young there. I can't believe you let him fall that far. I don't know if any team far. Um, I think he's too good to fall that far. But uh, well, if that's, a, he's that's on the also board, the Giants are going to take him.
1: Yeah, I, at this at pick number six, or even most of the top ten picks. If you have a pick that high, I feel like you have to go best player available. No like the, the regardless of need unless you have a quarterback that you really like don't you just have to go with the best player available
0: um a best the best player at a position that you can keep and that stays for a long time like quarterback offensive lineman defensive lineman
1: yeah not stay away from running backs and receivers cuz Honestly, they're a dime a dozen, and the top-paid ones don't even win. So, um, But then you also fall into, the, like, could you really pass up on Saquon Barkley if you're the Giants at number two a couple years ago? Which is another good debate that you could have. People in New York have been having it for three years now or two years now.
0: But I think the problem is, yeah, you should pass up on to him because is he helping you win games? Not really. You're just was wasting his career. By the time the Giants get to the point where they can compete with Saquon Barkley, he'll already be – he he'll be towards the end of his prime.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the major argument for why they should have drafted a quarterback instead of him a couple of years ago. Hmm. But, but, yeah, he... Chase, Chase Young would be the best player available on my board. Who do you think would be the best player available on your board for them to take?
0: I personally would not make this pick if I were the Giants because I don't believe in taking receivers. But I think if the Giants had the pick, what they would do is they would take Jerry, Jerry Judy from Alabama.
1: See, that's that's where I thought I was going to go with this, especially at the beginning of the season. That was like a no-brainer. Like get get Daniel Jones, his guy who he could build rapport with. But the Giants are solid already. I like guess really not a team need. They found a diamond in the rough with uh Sladen from Auburn. I think he was a fifth round pick. He's been he's been very solid in the red zone. They have Tate and Shepard. I definitely see why you picked it and by why you picked him. He's by far the best wide receiver out there. I just don't see the need right now.
0: Um, I think their offense could turn a corner. Their offensive line's young. Saquon's there. They have Sterling Shepard. They have Evan Ingram. They have um Slayton, who's good, but he's not great. If you added a true number one to that team, that offense would start to look extremely scary.
1: No arguments there. What do you like about – uh? how do you pronounce his first name?
0: I think it's Jerry Judy. Jerry? Jared? I don't know. Jared Judy. Jared, right? Jared, yeah.
1: Uh, what do you like about him? I mean, I've seen the highlights, but I can't say I've watched too much Alabama football. I can't really make a strong judgment on
0: him. Um, he's a good route runner. He's explosive. He's big. He reminds me a lot of Amari Cooper. Um, when he was in college, they they look they run the ball. They run similar. He's a little skinnier. He needs to put on a little weight but he's definitely more explosive than when Cooper was there.
1: If you remember, Cooper was a stick too when he came out, he put on a lot of weight, maybe because he was bored in Oakland, but he, he wasn't really the stocky receiver that he is now when he came out. So you could definitely put some weight on his frame.
0: Um, he's just a typical Alabama receiver where he's really, really good. And they have a bunch of those guys that are really, really good. Um, He's fast. He's tall. His he has lo- very long wingspan. Um, he's um he's much better than um Calvin Ridley, much better. I
1: and mean, even Calvin Ridley is a solid number two.
0: Yeah, but I think Calvin NFL. Ridley needs to start putting on some muscle. He might get hurt soon. That's
1: true. Yeah, he's had the little nagging injuries. But yeah, that's it. That would be a great pick for the Giants, especially since they traded Odell to the Browns. They don't have a guy who could beat a one beat man coverage by himself. Like right now, the Giants have a lot of guys that find space in the zone in zones, but they don't really have the guy that, to win the one on one matchup. The Browns do have that guy, but they're still picking in the top ten of the draft. Who do you think they go with at seven?
0: One more point on why else I think Jerry Judy is a good pick. Jared Judy, Judy, Judy. Um, Alabama players are not an issue. Alabama wide receivers, you hear nothing. Julio, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, they say nothing. Alabama players, you, you never have an issue with them. They're coached by Nick Saban. They go to the NFL and they don't have problems. They don't cause problems. They do their job. And I think that's something that the Giants could really use in their locker room that is very unlike what Odell was.
1: That's a really good point. I didn't think I didn't think to put that in as a factor. But that's a really good analysis right there.
0: Anyways, Dave. The only position group lacking on the Browns that like is not Pro Bowl caliber, like one of the tops in the league will be their linebacking core is not that great, but their linebacking core and their offensive line is below average. So I ended up picking the best offensive lineman that I knew in college football that wasn't named Andrew Thomas. And I went with Isaiah Simmons out of Iowa. I, okay. I watched Isaiah play against Penn State, and he absolutely destroyed. I can't think of his name right now, but he's supposed to be a top five edge rusher coming in the draft. He absolutely manhandled him. The guy got no pressure on the quarterback. He got driven back on blocks. Isaiah Simmons is the real deal, and he's he's old. He's stocky. And he's a Big Ten offensive lineman, but he's a little slow.
1: So would he, would he be a a tackle or a guard in the NFL, you think?
0: I think he could be a tackle. I think – I don't know how good his form is. He would definitely need a really good form. But, like, Jason Peters isn't that quick, but he has really good form and he's really big, and that's Isaiah Simmons. He's a very big player. He If – he's not going to get bull rushed. If he can get his form down – to the point where he can get out fast enough, I think he could be a really solid t- left tackle in the league or right tackle.
1: That's high praise. I'm going with uh, another offensive tackle. I gotta, I gotta admit, the the guy you have the Browns picking didn't show up on my radar. I don't, re- I haven't watched too much college football. Most of my stuff is based on research, but I have the Browns taking Wol- Walker a little from Stanford. They said he might be the best two-way tackle, so he might not be as good as Andrew Thomas on one, on pass blocking or run blocking, whatever Thomas's thing is, but he's the most well-rounded two-way ta- tackle in the draft, is what I read. So I think that's where the Browns go at 10. Offensive line's a definite need.
0: Dave, my, my only problem there is I don't believe in Pac-12 offensive or defensive linemen. If you're going to get offensive or defensive linemen, you got to go to the Big Ten or the SEC. I think everyone knows that. And I, I don't know if I'd ever trust a Pac-12 offensive lineman.
1: That's, do you have any examples of ones that have flopped?
0: Not really, but I don't have any examples
1: of anyone that are great. That's true. So maybe they're just, maybe they're decent, but they're not worth a top 10 pick is what you're saying. Yes. Okay.
0: To be fair, though, I don't know where many offensive linemen are from. I feel like there's a lot of them that come out of the Big 12.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, you don't really, they're not really hyped up as much either. Like they're kind of just names that you see you don't pay attention to them during the combine you pay attention to the 40 times from the receivers and whatever pro days the the uh, quarterbacks go to but you don't really like look into where offensive linemen are coming from unless you're doing something like we're doing today so yeah but yeah the browns definitely have a need for an offensive tackle guard pretty much every position on that offensive line they need to protect baker mayfield if he's going to be their guy what about the Bucks? We'll round out our top eight, then we'll get to picks.
0: I have the Bucks taking at number eight, Joe Burrow. Saying goodbye to Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians can take out Joe Burrow, who's going to be an absolute chuck. He loves to throw the ball, and I think he'd be perfect in Joe Burrow and um Bruce Arians' game. I think Joe Burrow has very good accuracy and he reads the field really well, but I don't think he has great arm strength and I don't think he has great escapability and he's not the tallest, but I feel like with Bruce Arians are going to put in the receivers on that team. You need someone who's accurate, who can get them the ball. And I think if you have good coaching with Joe Burrow, as you see this year with with LSU and the guy from the Saints, I, whoever they added as their offensive coordinator and helping that passing game, I think it really shows you that Joe Burrow has had almost an entire year of an NFL coaching and how much he has improved. And I would love to see him work with Bruce Arians as an offensive guru.
1: That would be a pretty nice pair. But I'm, I don't think that they're going to dump Jameis Winston. I think he's done just enough this year to show that he might be the guy. Because he hasn't really, besides the Panthers game, which was in London, I think, he really hasn't had a game where he unraveled and cost it. It's been their defense that hasn't hold, held the teams below. Like The offense for the Bucs has put up points. They always do. It's their defense that's held them back which is why I think that they're going to go with Grant Del Pitt, the safety from LSU. LSU safeties are studs. Look at Jamal Adams, even though he talks a bigger game than he plays. Landon Collins. This guy's the next in the line. They need someone to show up that secondary. They have a decent front seven with their with their run stuffers. And their, they have a nice little pass rush with Shaquille Barrett. And I'm drawing a blank on who's on the opposite side from him. But they have a nice... Uh, they have nice control of the line of scrimmage. They just need to cover over the top, and that's what the safety will do from LSU. Again, I think that if they do give up on Winston, Joe Burrow would be the way to go for the reasons that you said. And again, really good analysis with the uh, with him running a pro-ish style offense this year and how much he's improved. That, that was a very good uh, thing to point out.
0: Um if Tampa Bay does not get a quarterback, they are definitely gonna use the pick on defense. I haven't watched a guy from LSU this year, but I just from history, LSU safeties are generally a very, very good. So I can't go off of his off of history I think that sounds like a good pick.
1: All right, so that's our top eight for the uh for the week 10 Tankathon order, I guess we can call it. Or there's probably a better name that we can call it. The tank for Tua. Top eight picks. Now let's get into our picks for teams that are actually trying to win this week. What do you think is a safe option? Okay. All right, take number two, week 10 picks. What do you think?
0: Are we picking six or are we picking four or three?
1: Uh, We'll say three, and then if you have another game you want to throw in there.
0: Okay. My favorite for the week is the Bills going to Cleveland. I think I think the Bills' defense is going to go to Cleveland after Cleveland. Cleveland has obviously given up on that team. No one trusts anyone. And the Bills' defense is going to make the Browns' offense look silly for another week, three straight weeks of them sucking, and the Bills are going to come out with a win. What do you think about that, Dave?
1: You know how much I love the Bills. I think you're going to call me crazy, but I think that the Bills might have an inside shot at this division. If, if they could pull off a miracle in Foxborough in December, I think they might be able to beat the Patriots for the first time since the Dolphins did it however many years ago without Tom Brady at quarterback. Uh, do you think that this could be the nail in the coffin for, for Freddie Kitchens if they get crushed this week?
0: I think the nail in the coffin came last week against the Broncos. They still had hope for the season. They lost it all last week.
1: Would they potentially fire him midway through the season?
0: I don't think so. I think you would have done it already. Or maybe not, because I feel like you would have done it after last week. No? Against the Broncos?
1: Yeah, it's- I guess that would make sense, since that was a game where... I can't remember if they were the favorite or not, but they definitely on paper, you look at it and you would say that it should be a win.
0: Plus, that that's their sixth loss of the year. Would really that kind of ends their season? No.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Especially if I think on paper the Bills should be another loss, so that would be two and seven. You have to have a really, really good stretch of games with really perfect football to salvage a winning season after that kind of start. So you think he's gone after the year, then Freddie Kitchens?
0: I do. I think he is leaving. And I think That's a, he, I I hope
1: he gets an, another uh, offensive coordinator job.
0: I think he will just not with the Browns.
1: Oh yeah, no if he gets fired he won't he's they're definitely not going to demote him to offensive coordinator.
0: You have to get him out of the organization cuz like he's given up on the organization. Just like the organization has given up on him. He can't what's it called? afford to
1: what am I trying to say? Yeah. Waste his career there?
0: Yeah. Like, you you can't go from the top dog to being the second dog because that's just going to underthrow whoever you put in as head coach.
1: Yeah, because you always have players who are holdovers who think that you did a good job. And then if something goes wrong, they say, oh, why isn't that guy still coaching? It's the same thing going on. You know. Who, yeah, I agree with you there.
0: You know who I would pick up at the Browns? Mike McCarthy.
1: I don't really love McCarthy as a coach. I feel I feel like if there was a place for Pat Riley to go, it would be Cleveland, pair him with Baker Mayfield again, give him a shot at the NFL. Lincoln but, Riley, uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Pat Riley's the the Heat GM. Sorry, it's been a long day. Uh, yeah, but Mike McCarthy would probably would definitely have his name thrown in the mm-hmm. ring. He was just blackballed by the me- by the. Uh, pressing Green Bay so much. That's why he didn't get a job this year. There was so much negative stuff about him. Hopefully he can get over it this time around, get another shot. We can see if he's uh, really the coach everyone thinks he is.
0: I think McCarthy is not an amazing coach, but he's a good coach. And one thing that he does well is he develops quarterbacks well. You have a young quarterback. Nothing's more important than developing a quarterback. And I
1: guess I guess you have to say he's one for one, so you have to say he's done it well. But it was also Aaron Rodgers.
0: That is true. That is true. But he he makes reads easier, if that makes sense. And Baker Mayfield right now is having a lot of trouble reading the football field.
1: Yeah, he looks he looks like shell shocked out there.
0: And this is a guy like
1: he looks like a different person altogether. If you remember last year, he had the swagger. Even if his team was down, he would be hyping them up. This year, he's standing on the sideline. Uh, you could picture it. He has the he has the mustache. He's both hands on the on uh, the shoulder pads or the collarbone area of the shoulder pads. It just looks shell shocked. Yeah. You got to you got to get someone in there that's going to instill confidence. Same thing with Sam Darnold, honestly.
0: Well, that's my thing with coaching is I feel like we don't think about enough. It's not whether the head coach is great or not, but it's also who they know and who they can bring with you. Because I was listening to Urban Meyer talk, and he says that's that's everything in coaching. He's like, in college football, it's all about recruiting and getting good coordinators, good coaches around you. And that's something that if you're a good coach and you know how to delegate, which I think these high-level coaches do, like Andy Reid does, and I think that's what's most important. And I don't think Freddie Kitchens is able to do that, because I don't think he thinks anyone is as smart as him. Yeah, that's
1: definitely a key to coaching. You have to the coaching staff's a team, just like the players are a team. You have to you have to know everyone's strengths and weaknesses and mesh as a group. And these guys aren't doing it so far. Well, let's get back to the picks because we're, we're getting a little sidetracked. I like your pick, but I'm going to go with the Saints versus the Falcons. It's in New Orleans. Matt Ryan is limited in practice right now. He really should just be shut down for the season. There's no reason to have – he's 34 years old, I think. So he's if he stays healthy, he'll have another – five six good years left in him so you don't want to risk him getting injured out there on a bum ankle anyway i think this is going to be a blowout the falcons defense is hapless Kamara's is back latavius murray's on fire right now so they'll have the two-headed backfield going michael thomas is going to do his thing get his 10 catches for however many yards probably a score and drew Brees, this will be another game where he can get back to 100% if he's not there already.
0: Yeah, I don't really see how the Saints could lose this game. They're one of the top three best teams in the NFL, and the Falcons are one of the top five worst NFL teams. Um, The Falcons, I feel like, are injured every year. Like Their whole team is just injured. Um, Matt Ryan's coming back from injury. Uh, I don't really see a way Atlanta's going to win this in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I was thinking about it. Matt Ryan and Phil- Phillip Rivers are very similar. And the fact that they've put up these numbers and their teams just aren't, just haven't won. It's a, they kind of like waste, like Phillip Rivers is sixth all time in passing yards with nothing else to show for it. That's got to feel so shitty. And Matt Ryan's kind of the same way because he lost that Super Bowl. He's put up MVP numbers for the past five or six seasons. Matt
0: Ryan's a little younger though.
1: Yeah, he still has four or five years on Phillip Rivers in the league, but Probably more than that. He's thirty-four. Is he really? Yeah, I know it's surprising. But I if you think about it, he came out the same year as Joe Flacco. Probably yeah, I think yeah. he stayed I think he stayed a full four years in college, so he was probably twenty two, twenty three. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Yeah. It's just guys like Tom Brady have stayed in the league for and Drew Brees have stayed in the league forever. You still think Matt Ryan's a young quarterback. But ne- I'm kind of curious, neither one of us picked the Ravens against the Bengals as a safe game. Do you think that going into Cincinnati is kind of might be a trap game for Baltimore coming off the high from winning in Foxborough or in against Cleveland against uh the Patriots in Baltimore?
0: Um I see it as a trap game, but they were actually, if we were picking six games this week, they are my other best pick.
1: Okay, me too. I just wanted to throw it out there to see what your reaction would be.
0: Uh, I think, yes, the Baltimore could come out a little flat, but at the end of the day, the Bengals are winning Tank for Tua, and I don't think they want to lose the lead on the Dolphins they gained, and I think that week 16 matchup between the Dolphins and the Bengals Whoever, whichever coach can call the worst game is just going to be crazy. I really I th- want to watch. I think the game. I think that game, we might see the worst called game in NFL history from both sides. And I yeah, I could. Be really I can imagine
1: it right now. Penalties all over the field, all <laughs> over the field. Well, I think that game has the potential to have more penalty yards for both teams than actual yards. If they're both actually trying to lose, which the Dolphins pretty much said they are, and the Bengals just aren't that good, so think, go, to, go ahead.
0: I think the Bengals are kind of almost
1: trying to lose, like low key. At this at this point, maybe. Because I, I think AJ Green got shut down for the rest of the season today, or for the next couple of weeks at least, so that they probably are. They're definitely not pulling out all the stops to win games. I think if they were, they would still have Dalton out there instead of a fourth-round pick. What do you think about the Giants and the Jets? Because that's my close game this week. Um, uh, It's technically a road game for the Giants and a home game for the Jets, but I think there'll be more big blue fans in attendance than Jet fans. I
0: think I think you have to just give it to the Giants to win that game. Like I I think the Giants, like at least they have some hope. Like they know they have a rookie quarterback and they're like, We're not there yet. Our defense does still suck. But like we could really we have some promise. The Jets are like, Oh yeah, we showed some promise at the end of last season. Let's carry into this year. And then you guys just lost to the thinking Dolphins. They didn't want you to win that game. and you They wanted you to win that game, and you guys couldn't win. And I really think there's no way that – I don't see you guys – I
1: see the Giants winning that game. Yeah, I think that they're going to put up big numbers too. I could see Leonard Williams in his second game as a Giant forcing like a forced fumble or something on Darnold. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is going to run around on this defense because the Jets' defense has to be the least disciplined defense in the league. He'll go out of the pocket. Jamal Adams will creep up, try to make a highlight play that he could put on his Instagram, and then he'll get beat over the top. And it'll happen multiple times. I think the Giants will win this game pretty handily. And Adam Gase might actually get fired after this game. So, Dave,
0: you still like Adam Gase as a coach? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was very high on the Adam Gase hiring I've given up on I don't I don't know because I feel like he's going to come back next year just because him and Joe Douglas have to have an off season together that's what the rationale is going to be if it was based on this year I'd say get him out of there but I have to still have hope that he could turn it around because he's going to be here next year and i could say that with 90% certainty. Now all the things that he's done this year, i hate. He gave he completely gave up during the Miami Dolphins game. I think the Jets had the Jets were down by 8 points with 3 minutes to go and he doesn't call his timeouts. He lets the clock run out. He doesn't he doesn't try to get the ball back. He just lets Ryan Fitzpatrick and whoever the running back, I think it was Caleb Lodge at that point, just run the run the ball, kill the clock. And then they got the ball back with like a minute to go. And I think they ran out of draw play or something like that. He completely gave up against a team that wants you to beat them. When you look at him on the sideline, good coaches, they're always in the face of their guys. They're They have guys around them. They're coaching during the game. Adam Gase is on the sideline, sitting down. Da- he's not even standing up. He's sitting down on the bench with nobody within 10 feet of him because no one wants to be in the same, f- no one wants to be associated with the guy. And he's looking down at his iPad trying to figure out why his offense that worked with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time won't work with a second year quarterback with no offensive line. That's my Jets Rant for the week. I do not like Adam Gase this year. But he'll be here next year, so I'm gonna have to live with it. Who's your close game?
0: Well, Dave, I'm gonna save the two teams, and you let me know who you think's gonna win.
1: Vikings, Cowboys. Vikings. Because this was if we if we did do six games, this was gonna be my second close game. I'll, go, I'll give my reasons after you give me your reasons for why you're going either way.
0: Number one reason, fuck the Cowboys.
1: Oh, so you're going with the Vikings, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Number two reason, fuck the Cowboys. Number three reason, I think the Cowboys are riding high. They, they're coming off a short week against the Giants, division rival,
1: they in a game to- that they didn't play well, by the way, by the way. I have <laughs> to throw that in there. They did not play well against the Giants on Monday night.
0: They did not. They were down at halftime. Like they, like at the end of the game, it didn't look like a close game, but it was close going into third quarter. Like halfway through the third quarter, it was still pretty close,
1: I think. And they got bailed out by a bad pass, two bad pass interference calls, and the, if the Giants scored seven points instead of three when they got into the red zone that game. They win the game pretty easily. The Cowboys did not play well. Plus, it's a road game for the Vikings, but it's in a dome where Co- Kirk Cousins usually has good games in domes. I don't remember how he was against the Cowboys as a Redskin, but I feel like he had some pretty big games. Um, He's 0-4 against the Cowboys as Redskins. Okay. Never mind.
0: He's 0 4 against Dak Prescott with the mm. Redskins. I don't know about after Dak Prescott, but um, Kirk Cousins. I think they're coming off a close loss to Kansas City, in which he didn't play bad in that game. Like you can talk about stuff, but I don't think he played very bad in that game. And I think, I think this Cowboys off of a short week. Zimmer's going to have that defense playing well. The Cowboys are kind of feeling themselves. And I think everyone earlier this year was like, you got to get rid of Kirk Cousins. And then they started winning. They're like, oh, Kirk Cousins isn't that bad. And then he lost the game. And everyone's like, well, he can't win big games. And it's a Sunday night game. And I think it's his time to prove them wrong.
1: Yeah, he has to. At some point, he has to win a big game. I think we'd both love it if it was against the Cowboys. Because it would help your Eagles make the playoffs. And
0: it just makes me feel better if it was against the Cowboys. Yeah. Especially saying he beat the shit out of the Eagles, so I'd love to see him beat the shit out of the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, it's a good pick. It's, the Cowboys do a good job of at least their offense does a good job of killing the other team at what they're bad at at defense. Like They torch the Giants secondary with some big plays because they the Giants secondary can't tackle and they struggle on crossing routes. That's what they did, and they had two big plays, two big touchdowns, difference in the game. The Vikings' defense, all three levels, there's no clear weakness. So I think that the offense will start off slow, like kind of like they did against Green Bay, kind of a similar defense, no real weakness. And then they'll pick it up in the second half, but it won't be enough to catch up to the points that the Vikings put up early in the game.
0: See Dave, I would say the biggest weakness of the Vikings team is they're a little slow.
1: Yeah, they're an older they're an older roster at this point. So
0: their front seven's a little slow and one thing that has given the Vikings trouble has been fast running backs, pass catching running backs, quick running backs. Yeah. And the good news is for the Cowboys is they have a
1: fast, quick, good receiving running back. But they don't use him in receiving ever. situations ever like ever. he he could probably <laughs> catch 70 maybe not maybe 65 balls a year if they used him in the offense but he's pretty much just uh pretty much just an i-form b- pistol back for them which I mean it works he's led the league in rushing his entire career
0: oh I think we're thinking of someone else I'm thinking of Pollard
1: oh I was thinking of Zeke how often is Pollard actually on the field?
0: He's not, which is the problem because their offense is so much different and so much more dynamic when he is there. And they spread the ball out so much more when Pollard's on the field. I th- I still think Zeke's a great running back, but Zeke has nowhere
1: near the receiving game that Pollard has. That's Well, he I think he could. They just don't use him that way because he caught the ball. He caught the ball out of the backfield. Even his rookie year, they, they used him a lot when Tony Romo was back there. Or no, uh, it was Dak still. But when Dak was back there with him his rookie year, they would check down to him a lot. And he also caught the ball well at Ohio State. So I don't think it's a lack of his talent. I think it's a lack of play calling from Kellen Moore.
0: That's true. But Pollard's almost more of a receiver like James White. Well, Zeke is more like, okay, check it down like Saquon Barkley and Le'Veon Bell. You know.
1: I don't know. I think Yeah, I see it, what I see what you're saying there. Like his one, his job college job is to go out and catch the ball. Not yeah. Zeke's.
0: And I know that's one thing that has given Minnesota trouble is running backs out of the backfield running routes. Um so Dave, we already went over your close game, my close game. Who's your underdog?
1: My underdog, did they win last week? I'm trying to remember in my head. Yeah, actually, they dominated last week. My underdog is the Panthers going into Green Bay and beating Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, they're a good team this year. They've shown it. I think they're seven and two at this point. Am I right, or are they six and two? Did they have a bye week?
0: Seven and two. You're correct.
1: Seven and two. But the two games they lost the same way. The Eagles pounded them with the football and the Chargers pounded them with the football. There's a blueprint to beat this Green Bay team. And the Carolina Panthers game plan fits right into that. They have, an MV- they have the runner-up right now to Russell Wilson as the MVP in Christian McCaffrey. And I think it's a lot closer than people give it credit for. Christian McCaffrey's having a phenomenal year carrying the Panthers to being a winning team right now with a I don't think he's technically a rookie cuz he was the backup last year but a first time starting NFL quarterback who was a backup coming into the season. I could see McCaffrey having a huge day, 30 carries, 180 yards, and that's before his receiving yards, mind you. I think that they're going to have a big day running the football, they'll control the clock. And they'll beat him. They'll beat the Packers, similar to the way the Chargers beat them. I
0: love that pick. I love it. That's my that would be my second underdog pick if I could pick it. I think the Panthers have a great shot this week. I think one thing that might hurt them though is they don't have great receivers, and I think the Packers might stack the box
1: because of it. I mean neither does Philly and neither does uh neither does uh the Chargers. They don't have that like they have Keenan Allen, I guess, in San Diego, but he did nothing last week. They won on they won on the legs of uh Melvin Gordon finding pay dirt a couple times and um Austin Eckler.
0: Which if the- you didn't know efficiency wise based on PFF's ratings Austin Eckler has been a top three running back this year when he's been on the field, efficiency-wise.
1: And Christian McCaffrey is like Eckler on steroids. So yeah. I think I think they have a pretty good shot of doing the same thing that the Chargers had
0: last week. I just feel like if you know you got ran down your throat last week, you're not going to let it happen this week. I don't know. maybe Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like after the Eagles did it, no one else could do it.
1: You know, well, did the like did the, the teams brother? they play have the personnel to get it done like the chiefs didn't the chiefs were on LaShawn McCoy who's never really been he's never really been the kind of back that McCaffrey is. he's more of like a off tackle kind of back, especially now in his career. Then who else did they play during that stretch?
0: They, they played, played
1: Detroit who doesn't have? who was without carry on Johnson, and Ty jo- Ty Johnson is not uh, a three-down back who could do that to you. Who else did they beat? I think they had three Oakland. games in between. Oakland, who does have the running back, but Aaron Rodgers was just having a day.
0: Yeah, no, the Oakland's offense actually did really well. Other than the turnover in the end zone, Oakland was only 10 points. If he, that went in, they were only a touchdown away. They ended up losing by I think seventeen, but they were going to pull within seven if if he didn't fumble it out of the end zone and the Packers get the ball and drive down and score. The Packers' offense just wasn't
1: stopped that game. Yeah, the For Raiders time. the Raiders defense left a lot to be desired on the field. <laughs> but yeah, so that's of... that's another. Uh, you're going to check the score of the game now. I'll I check think it later. was ten. It was ten nothing when I looked before. It's 14-10 chargers right now. Two minutes to go in the second. I'm not in front of a TV. I wish oh, I was.
0: I have, I have Philip Rivers and Melvin Ingram on my team.
1: Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, 14-66, a touchdown. And Rivers has two picks, but he also threw one to Hunter Henry. I started both those players in DraftKings, actually. Maybe I could win some money tonight. We'll see. Drinks on me if it happens. But who's your underdog team?
0: My underdog team is... I don't even know if this is an underdog anymore after what they did last week. Granted, the Colts were on a third-string quarterback, but the Pittsburgh
1: Steelers...
0: I have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this week.
1: Against...
0: Uh, give, me, give me a second. I forget who I picked them
1: against. I know they're at home because I was looking at this game for a little while, too.
0: The Steelers are playing the Rams. And I think the Super Bowl Rams, with their offensive line that's old and doesn't and is getting a little tired, are going to have issues with the Steelers defensive line and secondary. That's really coming together right now.
1: Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick has been out of his mind. Since he since he came over from uh from Miami, I think he's had three interceptions in the last two weeks and really pulled that group together.
0: Yeah, I think the Steelers' defense could hold down the fork. And the biggest, the biggest thing that the Rams do great is they get after the quarterback. But one thing Mason Rudolph doesn't do is he doesn't hold on to the ball.
1: Yeah, he they get it out of there with those checkdowns and stuff like that.
0: They, they I, like,
1: I like the pick a lot.
0: I think it's the Steelers game. It's in Pittsburgh. The Rams is getting a little colder, and the Rams are in L.A. They're not used to the temperature. It'll be a little chilly. Um, Yeah. Just one more game I'd like to discuss, Dave. Discuss. Sure. Seahawks 49ers, Monday
1: night. You're going to go with the 49ers for obvious reasons. They're a great team. I have a feeling that we're going to see Russell Wilson put his stamp on this game. It didn't cut again, did it? No. And you think,
0: what do you think? Josh Gordon's going to play?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Cause I, or I guess they said he's available, so it is a Monday night, so he'll have an extra day if they practice on Saturday. I don't really know how Pete Carroll usually schedules his practices with these games, but I guess they will I could see him being available situationally, but that pickup, I forgot to bring it up before, was actually on my list of things to talk about off-topic, but that's that could be a huge pickup if he's a shell of what he was in New England before he got hurt. Him on the other side of Lockett complimenting D.K. Metcalf in the red zone. That offense starts to look dangerous if you throw in a pretty solid Chris Carson, an explosive Brad Penny. That's one of the better offensive groups in the NFL.
0: Skill position-wise, their offensive line is still mediocre.
1: Yeah, but Russell Wilson hides it enough. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah, I think think that we're going to see... The, the pass rush for the for the 49ers is going to be neutralized. Nick Bosa won't record a sack in this game. It'll be neutralized because Russell Wilson will get out of the pocket and he'll find his guy, Tyler Lockett, who I don't want to jinx it. I'm in my car right now or else I would knock on a wooden table or something. But he hasn't thrown an interception on a ball thrown to Tyler Lockett since, I think, week 11 of 2017. Or eight, I think it was two thousand seventeen. I saw today, so he trusts Tyler Lockett tremendously. They played together forever, and I think he's gonna have a, a huge game, an MVP, the equivalent of a Heisman winning game. Like you know how you have to have that signature game usually to win the Heisman. It's you gonna be Joe
0: Burrow when he beats Bama this weekend.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be that game's equivalent. That the equivalent of that but for the MVP. This is going to be the game that he puts his stamp. It's going to be in uh, San Francisco. It's going to come down to if Jimmy Garoppolo can come up big like he did last week against the Cardinals, that's going to be the difference.
0: And it's possible
1: because Seattle's secondary is not that good, just like the, um, the Cardinals secondary is trash. So he could have that type of game, and if he does, they'll probably win. But I think more than likely, he's going to get outplayed by Russell Wilson, and it's going to show on the final score.
0: I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, who did San Francisco play last week, Dave? The Cardinals. The Cardinals. And what, what is Kyler Murray? A running quarterback. A warm-up to Russell Wilson.
1: But not really.
0: They play very similarly.
1: But not as he's not <laughs> nearly as smart as Russell Wilson.
0: No, he's not nearly as good as Russell Wilson.
1: He also but... doesn't have the pocket awareness that Russell Wilson has.
0: That's true.
1: It's not quantifiable by any numbers, but R- Russell Wilson looks like the most comfortable quarterback behind the line or outside the line of any quarterback in the league.
0: I almost so I, feel like I almost feel like Mahomes looks better back there, but we can debate that another time. They're both great; It doesn't matter. Um, the they played the Cardinals. They're kind of used to a running quarterback covering a little longer. They're coming off a long week. It's what is it? It's eleven days for them. Yeah, eleven days. Eleven days, an extra rest for a. Great offensive play caller. I think Kittle is going to have a huge day. PFF rated him as the best tight end in the game.
1: All right, we get it. You think he's better than Darren Waller?
0: Not, but I think he's better than Travis Kelsey.
1: What about Austin Hooper? Get that shit out of here. <laughs> All right, different day, different debate. The more you the more you talk about their offense, actually, if they the Seahawks have a tendency to give up big plays, like they did against the Saints and uh, the other game that they lost, I'm drawing a blank. It was a game they should have won, but they they give up big. They lost
0: to the Ravens.
1: Yeah, and the Ravens broke off big plays in them. So if uh, Coleman and Brady are off to their up to their tricks, and they break off an 80 yard run. Or two, that'll be a big difference in the game. But yeah, I'm still confident in the Seahawks. And I'm confident in the 49ers. Alright, that'll be the that'll be the game to watch. Monday night? Monday night. And then Sunday is the Vikings Cowboys, right? Correct. Yeah, there's a good there's a good list of games this week. I yeah. actually I'm taking the CPA exam on Sunday at 10, so I should get out, like, just in time to catch the second half of the 1 o'clock games, and then I could just focus on football for the first time this season, which good will be luck. nice.
0: Good luck, Dave.
1: Thanks, man. Good luck at work. It's a pleasure talking to you, like always.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like the good games coming at 1 and 4, though. I like. I don't like the night games as much. I don't know why.
1: I always feel like with night games, I'm doing something else. Like, I'm preparing for the next day. So the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games, I'm usually more focused on the actual football. Like, sometimes I'll watch the Sunday night game at the gym for the first half and then watch it. But I'm also on my on my laptop checking emails and stuff like that. So I'm not really as focused. I don't know if that's kind of what you're thinking.
0: Yeah, and then, like, if the game isn't that good, you're just like, I'm going to sleep. You know what I mean? Well, if it's, like, 1 or 4 o'clock, you can, like, flip through a little bit. You know, you have more options.
1: Well, there's also the red zone during the day games, too. So, you, you could always flip to that, and uh, you always see constant action. So, that might also be it. Our attention spans aren't the best out there. Um, what else was I going to say about that topic? Give me a second, and will come back. Oh, also the Sunday night games this year have kind of replaced the Thursday night games as bad matchups like the Thursday night games have been pretty entertaining, which is uncharacteristic if you go back the last couple of years and the Sunday night games this year, mostly because injuries have taken have taken some of the luster out of the, some of the matchups, but some of the Sunday night games have just been snoozers like there's not really been good a good football Sunday night game that I can think of.
0: The Colts-Chiefs game was good. Yeah, but, but that was back thought, in week
1: four. Everyone thought it was going to be a blowout, so no one
0: watched it. Mm-hmm. The well, Ravens-Patriots game was supposed to be good. I didn't watch it. I went to sleep.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a good game. You didn't miss anything. There was like maybe a 10-minute stretch where it was a competitive game. But yeah, that's that's probably... Hopefully this week starts to reverse trend and then you start to get... Then you get into the part of the season where they start to flex out the bad teams from those games, and they put in a game that actually means something for the playoffs. So that should make it more exciting going forward.
0: Okay, Dave. I think this is it. What topic would you like to do next week?
1: Uh, So it'll be week 11. We already did a coach's one, so... I don't want to do another hot seat topic. Um,
0: you want I, to do you want to do our
1: all pro teams,
0: all
1: top twenty two
0: guys. You pick an offensive. You pick a head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and twenty two players.
1: You want to split it, so you do offense or defense, and I'll do the other side of the ball. Yeah, we could do that. Or we could do the whole team. I don't really care. It might be a long podcast though.
0: So. You know what?
1: Let's do let's
0: split it. You want offense or defense? You pick an offensive head coach, I pick a defensive. And don't I'm not gonna pick Belichick if it's defensive either.
1: Okay. I'll take offense. That'll be a fun one. I think we'll have a pretty good debate there. Thanks for okay. listening, everybody.
0: Thank you. Have everyone have night. have a good night bye